When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What shocked me a little, but I suppose it made sense, the priest's prayers weren't about looking for a miracle. The priest's prayers were about, listen, Morris is knocking on heaven's door and, you know, you let him in. So everybody knew we were on a train that wasn't turning back, you know. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrog. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. This week, we have a guest on the podcast who I think uh, we really hoped she would come yeah. on with us and, and talk. Um, Nula Carey lost her dad, Morris, in November 2018. And she has spoken so beautifully about him ever since he's passed away and the relationship they had. But more importantly, probably the grief that she's experienced. And she's been very open about it. Mm. And like us, I think she has a very similar um feeling that talking about this in public is very important because it hopes she hopes to help people with it. It was a great conversation. I think we all really kind of connected a lot. Um, and she had such a beautiful relationship with her dad. Mm, yeah, no, and she's very honest and open because when she was talking, I only realized really how fresh mm, it was yeah. for her and how difficult. I mean, again, as usual, there's a few teary, teary moments, yeah. you know. And we all laughs. cried. Oh, this time we all cried. We were all crying. Like <laughs> oh, it was, God. You know, there's a word yeah. for it. Yeah. something show. Yeah. No, it was good. It was, it, but it was sort of, I think, because it's so raw and mm. for her yeah. that I think you could feel it mm. in the room. You just wanted to give her a hug. But she is like, I mean, she talks very openly about the speed in which like her dad's illness came and then he passed away and also the fact like how she fitted in spending time with him Mm. like on our lunch breaks and stuff like that and that actually think means a lot because it is one thing that I've talked about is how important time is and to make time and Nula obviously did that while her dad was alive Mm. and that's I think something that she realizes she did and she yeah. has you know and i think those memories sometimes those last few weeks or months mm. or even a year oftentimes those are hard memories for people to think about or remember because oftentimes a person is sick or in hospital but they are important and mm. they are the last times you get to spend with someone so uh, they can be remembered in a beautiful way as well i think also nula you know what you were saying about it being so recent a lot of times we hear from people who are bereaved after a few years because that's when they feel ready to talk yes. maybe But I think it's so important to talk to people when it is kind of new because the people who are out there who are in that same situation are really in it. They're really in the middle of the Mm. hard part. And so it was very brave of her, I think, to come on and chat with us as well. Yeah, and I think it's sort of definitely she will help a lot of people Mm. because for anyone listening who is in that really raw, blurry, sort of still stage of disbelief, Mm -hmm. I think, that the first year is this sort of bubble of what's going on I think it'll really help them to know they're not alone and that maybe it would help them too to talk yeah it's a great episode have a listen since her father's passing in November 2018 this week's guest has been extremely vocal in speaking about her feelings surrounding bereavement and loss. A very familiar face on Irish TV for nearly two decades. RTE's Nuala Carey is here to tell us about her wonderful father, Morris, 
why she wants to break the silence around loss and the decision to use her platform to help the grief community here in Ireland. First of all, Nula, thank you for what you are doing to break the stigma surrounding grief and the fact we don't talk about it enough. Uh, thank you. It it wasn't a conscious decision. Mm. It just kind of happened. Mm. And when my dad passed away first, because so many people in work were so good to me, I didn't want to post anything, you know, just as he died. So when, when the funeral was over, then I posted a picture on Twitter. And I think then it kind of went out through Twitter and Instagram mm. that he had passed away. And, you know, members of the public had even written to me when my dad was sick. They had seen something in the RT guide. So I felt for people who I had never met, who had sent me mm. mass cards mm. to wish my dad well, I kind of felt that I owed them knowing what had happened mm. to him because they would sit at home and they would never know. Some of them might have thought he got better, but that, that was never going to happen. Um, so I made a point of kind of reaching out to all the people that had reached out to me and anybody mm. that wrote to me or sent me a card, I sent them back a note mm. each thanking them. Wow, so wow. It, it wasn't even a conscious decision. It was just kind of practical to get the, the message out there that he had actually passed mm. away. First of all, maybe tell us a bit about your dad so we can get an idea of the sort of guy he was. Well, he was from Cork and he was a very proud Cork man. In fact, even in his final days when his speech was beginning to slow down, when he was being transferred from Vincent's Hospital to the hospice, you know, one of the ambulance men was chatting to him and he said, oh, where are you from? And like he could say quite strongly, Cork, mm. you know, that mm. was every fibre of his body was to do with Cork. He was a civil servant. He loved his job. He reminisced a lot about it after he retired. But when he got sick, I noticed he wasn't talking about the job anymore. And I I even mentioned that to one of my sisters. That was odd for my dad. He loved his job. He was always talking about it. He'd tell you, oh, remember that time? And you're like, oh, not again. That story, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So he was married to my mum. They both met up in Dublin. They were civil servants, got married. So three children, three daughters. I'm the middle. He was a very content man. You know, he didn't have to go off on a big fancy holiday to enjoy himself. He'd like to go for a weekend to Cork or Mayo with my mum. Mm. You know, I admired things like that about him. He was very grounded. Like if I ever needed advice, I suppose the first stop would be dad. You know, he mm. kind of was level headed about things. He didn't get really het up about things. Um, and he was great for being in lots of clubs. I didn't know how many clubs and groups he was in until the day of the funeral. And there was so many people there and they were saying to me, oh, I used to play bridge with mm. your dad. And I used to think, God, he went so off every Monday, but I didn't know where he yeah, went. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So he was social. Yeah. He was a good person. Mm. He was a volunteer in the CIC. So he would have helped people coming in, you know, who yeah. needed help with their taxes and but all that. that great? Because then they all bring stories mm. about him that perhaps he didn't know. Yeah, we got before. lovely stories after he passed away and letters from people that worked with him. I think people underestimate the power of a handwritten oh, letter. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it was fantastic. Mm. When my dad passed away, the company that he was working for, all of the people that he had been working with up until the point when he got sick, all wrote in a book. Aww. So he still have that book. And it was just like you're saying, it was teaching me about different sides of him that I never knew really, or that maybe helped me learn more about him. And one of the big things was that he was really emotionally intelligent. And they kind of kept saying that his emotional Aww. intelligence. And I actually think now I feel like it made me think about that. It made me feel so proud. And it's given me like a, it kind of gave me more confidence in my own emotional intelligence yeah. too, you know. So that can be so powerful in those early days when Very and the things so. that keep you kind of going. I read all those letters as they came in. We have all of them now together in a bag, but I don't think I could read them again mm. for a while. Isn't it yeah, strange? Yeah, it's interesting. You get cards and like obviously you get the books when the books can do yes. at the funeral. And I have two big bags at home of the books, but also all these cards and my mum actually started to go oh did you get so-and-so's card did you get so-and-so's card and this was in like the weeks after and I remember one day just going I'm going to have to read these cards and I'd sort of half read them but you know the way it's all a blur and I actually took a day and I actually someday will have to go back and read them again because I went through all the cards but yet I don't think I took any of it I think they're nice keepsakes to have though oh absolutely they're kind of worth their weight in gold. We got one letter in particular from a man who would only have met my dad maybe twice a year. My dad used to volunteer 
when people were doing exams, he'd be mm. the invigilator. Mm. So one of the chefs who worked in the canteen in that college didn't have our family home address. So wrote to me care of RTE, which actually happened quite a lot, which was great because we were getting letters maybe we wouldn't have got yeah. otherwise. Yeah. And he said, he said, I used to meet your dad twice a year. We'd have a great out chat about sports. And he said, I was so sorry you passed away. I hope you don't mind. I went out to the grave and... I wrote back oh, to him and I was so delighted. And I said, so particularly beautiful. in a house full of women, I love that he could chat to you about the sport because yeah. my dad would be yeah. going on about some people in football matches. I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone share photos with you? Because we've talked a lot about mm. fo- like the, the magic of seeing a photo you've never seen before. One of our neighbours told us they have a picture of my dad and my older sister on her wedding day. So it would be them going up the aisle. So I said to her, oh, I'd love to see it. But she hasn't actually brought it over. Oh, but I think yeah. it's because she thinks when she does, It'll be she fun. might really upset us. And yeah. it probably will be. But I would still love to see the mm. photo. We looked back on old photos of dad when he got sick first. And I I think he was very handsome. But I never mm. saw that before. Mm. Like he used to travel a bit with his job and he might be in Brussels and that. And they'd sometimes take a group shot of delegates. Mm. But he was a good looking man. Yeah. I don't. You don't see that, you see. Because you see, maybe you saw him as a different person other than just your dad. You actually saw him as the person he was previous to you even being on the scene. And it just becomes a different person, I suppose, Mm. in their own right, rather than just being your dad. And it's strange when you talk about photos, because we have a picture of dad in the kitchen, but it's him as a child. So he's probably about 10 or 11 and he's with um, friends from school and they won a little table tennis competition. So he looks gorgeous. I mean, Mm. he's just a child. But my mum actually said to me recently, we should move that one because when people come into the house, that's him as a kid. People aren't even copying. It's him. We Mm. should actually put up something more recent. Mm. And I said, yeah, that makes Mm. sense. You know, our neighbours, they never... They never saw him like that. People mm. maybe don't respond to the photo like we do. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Is it for but, you yeah, anyway? Yeah. Well, no. we still have it in the house. Yeah. yeah, you know, we might just not have it in the kitchen, but it yeah. will still be there. I have to say, I um, I'm further down in terms of time since my parents died, but very, very recently, only a couple of weeks ago, I cleared out my mother's storage unit, which we left for four years. We could just just weren't able to mm. do it. And we didn't have any photographs. We didn't have any child. For the, so for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I haven't had any. Through the time where they died, I had no pictures and no. And we went and we did it. I was really, really scared. Hard. And thought I was going to, you know, be very. And it was, I have to say, probably one of the most healing, wonderful mm. things because those photographs connected the whole thing all again. They connected the story all again. And I've like, I have thousands of photographs to go through. And I just... I think one of the things that's been really interesting is that I've seen a lot of pictures of people who have died in them. So there's uncles and yes. relatives and I can't wait to share them with my cousins. I can't because I know how important that moment is when someone says, look at this photograph. It just can give you this kind of sense of comfort. comfort. As well. yeah. And in this generation, we're probably losing that because all yeah. our pictures are online. We're not mm. printing them. You we're know? Not, no, we're not. I mean, that's a huge mm. thing. But the other side of the coin is you do get sent pictures through social media that you mightn't have seen mm. in that I mean I've told the story yeah. before in the podcast how somebody that I work with here is a friend of somebody that Martin was in school with oh, and when Martin died he put something up and I'm not friends with him on Facebook so when Martin died he put up this picture like saying something remembering my friend Martin Thomas blah 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 and my colleague that works here came in and was like oh my God, this guy, is that Martin? And it was a picture of Martin age about 14 and skilled that Aww. I had never seen. And only because of that connection. Mm. I'd have never it? seen it. And you loved that picture, presumably. Oh, it's amazing. It. I mean, yeah. it just looks like one of my kids. You know Aww. what I mean? It's really Which bizarre. Which is so nice. It's just, but so from that side, even though we don't print, there is that connectivity yes, yeah. between... You know, which is interesting. But photos are amazing. Yeah. I think they, they just bring up so many emotions. When it comes to talking about those early stages of grief or those first few days of grief and going through that, it's very different for everyone, obviously. But you have been vocal about the experience for a reason. So what was it like for you when you first lost your dad and living that life without him? You'd lived your whole life with him. and now We knew it was going to happen, mm. which does help, I think. And for the type of person I am, that 
that was better yeah. for me. You felt like yeah. some part of your brain had Yes, understood. slowly but surely I knew. Now somebody said to me one day, I suppose you're on a countdown. I actually didn't feel like that. I thought every day is a bonus because I know time mm. is is limited. Mm. And you know, when I when we spent every minute of every day as much as we could with dad, but every time I said goodbye to him in the evening, I knew as I walked out that door now there could be a phone call later. Mm. You know, I was sharp enough to realise that. Now, in a way, everything happened the way as it naturally should. You know, the palliative team said to us, you know, probably what will happen, stop eating and then the speech mm. will go. So it did happen that way. And mm. we were so, you know, hopeful dad to get into a hospice, but we were running out of time and he had been assessed and I'd be emailing Harold's Cross going, oh, just checking on the list, you know, where he is. So anyway, we were just lucky. A place came up. Now, when I say lucky, I know two people had to die for this to happen. So that's very, you know, traumatic on them. And I never wanted that. But two people passed away in Blackrock Hospice on a Thursday. So my dad was then offered a place on a Friday morning. So my dad moved to the hospice, which I think was the right place for him and for us. Mm. And in fact, we live very near Black Rock. So I said mm. to my dad, but I don't know if he could understand. I said, you know, you're getting closer to Monkstown mm. all the time. You oh, know, that must have meant a lot to him. Yeah, I know. My granny was actually the first ever resident of Black Rock ah. Hospice. And it is an amazing. And there's only 12 beds. Mm. You know? and it, that's what makes it so personal. And it's really bright. And it's it's it's. If you've got to be somewhere like that, I mean, yeah, they do. The people do, are very they're nice. They're incredible, and um, you know, it's just it is an it is an amazing place. It's not exactly where you want to be. I know, but, but it, under it, the circumstances. Under the cir- how long? Yeah. How long was he there? So very quickly, he went there the lunchtime on the Friday, and he passed away very early on the Sunday morning, just after kind of so one o'clock. So it was very fast. But they had kind of said to us, "We think there's days in it," okay. but I knew by looking at him, there had to be. Mm. You know, when the priest came on the Saturday and. You know, by looking at him, the colour and kind of what shocked me a little, but I suppose it made sense. The priest's prayers weren't about looking for a miracle. The priest's mm. prayers were about, listen, you know, Morris is knocking on heaven's door and, mm. you know, you let him in. You know, so nobody, everybody mm. knew we were on a train that wasn't turning mm. back, you know. But the strange thing that happened to me when he passed away, I had a list of about eight core names, and I, I said, I will contact those and each of them are like a spider web yeah, yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. to get the message out. Mm. And I was apparently really um, coherent because I even said it to a friend of mine. I said, how did you hear my dad died? And she said, you rang me and you left yeah. a message on my phone. Mm. And she said, you were very together now I don't even remember I just, the number it's strange at the funeral as well mm. where somebody came up to it was actually the kids swimming teacher was there and came up to me afterwards and then the following week I was bringing them back to swimming and I was like oh I should let her know in case the kids are a bit yeah. off and she's like I was talking to you mm. the, yeah. but is, 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 is did you find it, it was not because you're prepared for it because in my situation I wasn't prepared for it but do you think it's just human reaction. You go into this overdrive of, right, we need to do this. Oh, we I need was to get that. very like, got up on the Sunday. There was a part of me, I know this sounds awful. I, I actually was happy for him. I said, mm. oh, he is with his mum and dad mm. and his suffering is over and it's all over. In a way, it was only actually beginning, you mm, know, but, but it was over for him. That's mm. A lot of empathy and love and compassion, though. Do you know what I mean? That takes. Well, it is when yeah, you see is. somebody and they know their time is limited. Yeah. I mean, you just we want... don't know. I think this is something I feel really bad. We don't know how they felt in those, you know, and how hard. I always yeah. try and think about my dad and my mom lying in those beds. It's not where they wanted to be. Mm. Yeah, and I, how hard that would be. I I do think about that, Sasha, because my dad. I tried to look it up on the internet, but it made sense as well. Visiting him to talk in the present, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to be reminiscing, upsetting mm. him. Now, obviously it would have upset me as well, but it was mm. him I was worried about. You can't be talking about the future because sure, that's a rude yeah. thing. Yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah. just great. You can't talk about yeah. that in front of them. So I would be very much today. In the present. Oh God, yeah, nice enough day out there. Yeah, oh, it was Mary coming in to visit you. Brilliant. Mm. I got a text off her. She said hello. Yeah. All in the present tense. Um, and, and you know, we talk about the telly and, oh, yeah, now I'll put that programme on Fisher Fair City. That'll keep you busy now for another half hour. And 
I had to keep going like that. Um, it was just the only way to do it. But I have said that to my mum, like at three o'clock in the morning when he woke up. Like, what, what was he thinking? Mm. It's an it's a very hard I hate thing that. to think about. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping in a way he wasn't overthinking it. You do think about that afterwards. Mm. How they were in the that time in the final hours and what was going on in their head? Were they scared? Yeah. Were they afraid? Did they know? I think what was happening for the very or about to happen. I think because my dad was he was more or less unconscious. I know by looking at him, he slipped away. Like he floated off. He, he It wasn't a wrench. It was just mm. the body just slowly breaking down. And I feel it was very soft. Mm. You know, I actually wasn't sure it had happened until the nurse said it. Does to us. that give you a lot of peace, though, that it was just. Yeah, it really, yeah. it was lovely. It, mm. it was. And that day was absolutely mm. gorgeous. I even said that to somebody that had to have been a sign. Yeah. In as much as we don't know what they were thinking, maybe there's things that we don't know that they were experiencing that were good. You know, maybe, yes. they, well, maybe I think there was you a, have to think that. Maybe they hear that they see somebody on the other side. Oh, you yeah. Know, you hear that. So I'd like yeah. to think his mother oh, was my Oh, God. I firmly believe in that. My mother, when yeah. she was, you know, I was heartbroken, like when she was dying, obviously. And, um, sorry, she said to me, um, she was she was fine. I was kind of like, oh, my God. She's so, like, even keeled right now. Yeah. yeah. She only had a few days left. She yeah. she was very, um, she was totally cognizant and speaking everything up until the very end. And I said, you seem so okay. And she said, I'm going to see my mom. Mm. Yeah. And, like, she just was like, she couldn't wait to see her mm. own mother. I know. She yeah. was dying to see her it's own mother. It's almost like, it's almost like, yeah. it's, it is a circle of life thing where you're, you're giving something back. I mean, Martin's mom would have passed away five years before he did. Mm-hmm. And they were very close. Like our youngest son had just been born eight weeks before. But the difference when his mom went in him, there was always missing oh, yeah. for him. And you saw it in him and his personality, whatever. They talk about the circle of life. And mm-hmm. there is that thing. It's almost like you you need to give them back. You know, we have our kids and then one day we'll go. Does that make it sense? Does. It's a circle of I, life. Like you yeah. go back to your mum. Yeah. Well, I suppose I've started that real Irish thing mm. of, you know, it was natural. You know, if my dad had been hit by a bus or like imagine he was in town and beaten up mm. or something. Mm. Like I could not yeah. cope with that. Yeah. We never wanted it. Mm. But but mm. it was natural, you know. Mm. And that's a hard place to get to, I think. A lot of times acceptance yeah there's so many different ways and roads to get there although it's funny I think I got the acceptance fairly early I accept it but it's hard to believe Mm. that's what I find yeah no I think you do I think I I agree with that it's you accept it's there but it's it's the incredulity for somewhere yeah. that big well, word I can't pronounce you cannot believe it like last yeah. night on Instagram a throwback picture yeah. popped up for me so it must have been Father's Day on the 18th of June in yeah. 2017 so when I would have posted that picture my dad wasn't sick so like yeah, there's a lot to be said the for speed that well. things can happen and in some ways now I feel you should try and make the best of life because nobody is guaranteed Mm. anything, Mm. you know? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. Can I ask you about that? Just talking about Father's Day, and of course, we've had Father's Day recently, and, you know, I know it's a hallmark holiday, but it is. It is what it says in the tin. It's Father's Day, and Mm. it's a day when everybody's posting, Happy Father's Mm. Day, blah, 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 blah. But then for the people who don't have dads it's an incredibly hard day do you find the sort of big milestone days the most difficult or do you find the day to day just going into work and suddenly it hits you going to the supermarket and suddenly it hits you do you find they're they're different or I was concerned about what Father's Day would feel like but actually I didn't find it too bad because Mm. I think about him all day every day so Sunday then was no different Mm. now I did say to my younger sister my older sister was away and so was my mum I said we'll go out to the grave in the afternoon and we did and like the graveyard was actually quite busy Mm. which reminded me we are not the only people You know, Mm. and I take comfort from that because I think if they're all coping, we can't too. You know, when dad was dying, I did say it to my mum. We must be able to keep going when it happens. But I only know that because I see other people and they've kept going. So we wouldn't be any Mm. different. The world would have stopped turning Mm. at this point. You know, you can keep going. Mm. Father's Day, I didn't find it too bad. Um, The day that always threw me, and I don't know why... Well, I do know why, but it caught me totally by surprise was New Year's Eve. That is so... <laughs> yeah, that, that's that is always so says that too. It was because desperate. It was horrendous is the only word. And I don't like New Year's Eve. I've I never been a yeah. New Year's Eve person. Love Christmas Eve. I actually, even though I was dreading Christmas Eve, we did Christmas Eve the way we've always done Christmas Eve, where friends came over, whatever. Now, there was... At one point, 20 people in my kitchen bawling their eyes out. But it was also a really good night as much as it could be. But Colette Byrne, who set up Widow.ie, we were in touch shortly before Christmas. And this Christmas just gone was my first Christmas, our first Christmas at Bed Martin. And we were chatting on the phone and she said to me, watch out for New Year's Eve. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't warned. Well, I just was like, like, Mm. no, because I was so focused on Christmas because Martin loved Christmas. I love Christmas. It's just all the talk is about Christmas. And I was more I was just like buying the kids presents and stuff like that. And that was my thing. How am I going to get through Christmas? How are the kids going to get through Christmas? Whatever. And Colette kept saying to me, watch out for New Year's Eve. Christmas, you know, stumbled through, I think is more the word. And New Year's Eve came and it was the most god awful day from start to finish. Everything went wrong. Wheels came off uh, kids scooters in the middle of Sandy Mount Village. Another kid's bike broke. I had a shopping bag that all fell apart. All this stuff. And then actually somebody that was an acquaintance of ours passed away on New Year's Eve. But it was the most awful day and it was just this bleak grey day. And I couldn't understand why. And I think it was because the whole focus was on New Year the next day and it wasn't going to be a New Year. It was going to be the same year. For me, and and I would agree with you on that, but also for us, I I felt my father lived in 2018, you know, and he died yeah. in 2018 and we were all going now into 2019 and, and he wasn't coming in yeah. with us to the New yeah. Year. He would never, never live in 2019. Yeah, so no, that, absolutely. that really upset yeah. me. And I put it up on Twitter. I was at work and I was as flat as a pancake and I put it up on Twitter. But that's probably the post that I posted that I got such a huge reaction. Wow. Yeah. And loads of people said it to me. Yeah. I hate it. And 
And somebody had said to me before, I mm. bet you you'd be delighted now to see the back of this yeah. year. And yeah. I never wanted to see yeah. the back of 2018 because Dad lived mm. in 2018. In fact, it was totally the mm. opposite to that. Mm. See, it's funny because like for me, I mean, Martin died in February. So for me, it'll always be our new year. Yes. Always starts after his bad. anniversary because it's the end yeah. of that yeah if that makes sense I do. sort of dad mm. died so near christmas christmas mm. came in on top of us in fact when we were in the hotel afterwards i knew there was a christmas tree oh. in the room now i had said it to the lady beforehand but it i wouldn't i wouldn't have minded mm. if it was left up if dad had died a week before christmas but it was too many weeks before christmas anyway it just looked mm. odd so i said to you make sure that tree is gone if you don't mind mm. i mean like christmas in november doesn't make sense anyway but like especially in that situation yeah, yeah i just how did you guys find then that first because it was only a few weeks then were you guys was it a blur to christmas? christmas yeah i suppose it was i don't really remember mm. it to be honest with mm. you um and i was you know, obviously people would have drinks at work and that and, you know, there'd be Christmas parties, whatever. So I just said, listen, I wouldn't be going to anything. But I said, I'd go to a lunch during the day. Mm. I'd be happy enough with something during the day. Mm. But I find nighttime difficult. Well, nighttime is lonely. Yeah, I suppose it is, because even dad died very early on a Sunday morning. That next morning, like I got up and mm. had a shower and put on clothes. My mum and I started doing things. I was quite OK for the day. Mm. But then as night started mm. to mm. fall, I actually said it. I said, oh, Mm. But I think it's really it's great that you're talking about that because I do Mm. think you do wake up the next like people think maybe that they just like they don't know what to expect and sometimes you do you wake up you put clothes on you Mm. have a shower and you put the same clothes on that you had in your closet the whole world even though internally your whole world has been turned it is bizarre but all that stuff you know you do and you and you eat or you hopefully you know and you 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 keep going but it is when you're kind of alone. And in the yes. night, or like it's it's such a I think after thing. the funeral as well, because yeah. there's such. It's almost like an anticlimax. Yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much happening, and yeah. particularly when my dad was sick, the phone was ringing mm. all the time. Now, in a nice way, you know, mm. but now the phone wasn't ringing because he was gone, so nobody was ringing to inquire how he was. Mm. And after he passed away, there was a bit of a storm actually one day. And it just lashed rain for the day. But in a way, that gave us all a license to sit in the house in pyjamas. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, no, yeah. I can't really go out because of the weather. But you weren't really yeah. up to it. Yeah, because we had the beast from the east, like, two weeks oh, later. Oh, would have, if, yeah, even that, And I actually found that because it was forced being at home. Did you not find that day of the storm was horrible being at home? I kind of liked it because it was an excuse. I didn't have to go out. And face the world. Yeah. My dad had been in hospital almost for six months solid. Mm. That's one small thing in that, you know, I obviously, of course, I remember my dad in the house all the time, but he didn't die from the house or die in the mm. house. He had left the house for a while. I think it would have been harder for me if he mm. was there on a Monday and gone on a, yeah, yeah that would have been harder for me the long illness um, what I found from my own experience my dad was very similar it was, it was almost a year of hospitals and, and then hospice being in that place of when someone you love is in the hospital all the time and you're living in the present which I think you yeah. very aptly put you have to you don't really have an awful lot of choice because no. the next day it's this and that and you don't know like, but it's a very like um from a stress point of view, it is hard to to go from like living your normal life to then visiting a hospital every evening mm. or very multiple times a day or doing overnight shifts or all those kinds of things you never did before. Did you find that um, you were in a kind of a, a different place than you'd ever been before in terms of like your own inner? I suppose you're in a heightened state of of stress, probably. Mm. But you don't even know it. Mm. Although I have said it to people at work, was I was I mad stressed or anything? Mm. And they said, no, I wasn't. Yeah. You see, I was very lucky. RTE is so near St. Vincent's. Oh, yeah. Like mm. I... Walked down the road. Yeah. yeah. I was actually quicker than people driving. <laughs> A woman said that to me one day. She said, I saw you walking down the road. And she said, you're actually here yeah. quicker than I am. Yeah. So everybody at work was very understanding. I'd have the lunchtime forecast. I might leave a note, gone down to see dad would be back around five. You mm. know, I would actually bring my lunch down and, and sit with, with Dad. Yeah. And like, so we nice. we did road together. Like, we were good as a family. Like, we'd have it all coordinated. Mm. And then, say, even if my mum was with me and Dad, she might say, listen, there's absolutely no food in the house. I'm going to run to Tesco, Tesco now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be like, here, yeah, I'd be here. Mm. And 
I'd go back to work, then I might ring her and say, how are you getting home? She said, I was going to get the bus. I said, listen, don't get the bus. Hang on for 20 minutes. Mm. I'll pick you up. Like everyone in Vincent's knew us. Mm. Like everybody. Mm. It's those relationships you form with these people you never mm. thought. But you're also talking about something that has come up a lot for people that have said to us on our social media pages and stuff is about your employer being supportive. They were very good, mm. I have so to say. That's a, big, that's a big thing. A lot of people find that they kind of can't really express themselves or talk you know that can be a funny one and if you have a a support there it can be vital I suppose my job in a way because I'm not say tied to a desk nine to five with paperwork that has to be done every day it kind of was a good job in that I still got absolutely everything done Mm. I actually don't think I missed a day's work over it or maybe one or Mm. but I still got everything done but people were very nice about it but in fact if there hadn't been I have always been a good worker, you know. Mm-hmm. So I felt, hold on a sec now. But nobody yeah, ever said yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they did, I would have said, now, listen, I've, I've always, I'm, you know, this is my. But you're bringing up advocating for yourself, which I actually think is really, really important. I mean, if someone were to come in and say, actually, I've been here for four years, five years, and I I need my yeah. space. I don't think you need to say that, though. You yeah. shouldn't have to you say shouldn't that. Have to, have to no, say. you shouldn't have to. Um, you see, you know, I suppose, well, when you're presenting the weather, the weather forecast it's on it's over I don't bring work home with yeah. me yeah, you know true. and then when I was presenting the lotto when dad wasn't well you're not in till the evening mm. you're finished then at five past or ten past eight I just drive mm. straight down I would have spent all day very here. I wouldn't be doing that <laughs> well it's not easy yeah. but it's so great it that it allowed in. you to have some like special things like lunches with him like yeah. that is such yeah. a and lunch and is the like the proximity is like yeah the, as yeah. you get older spending having lunch with your dad to me yeah. just sounds so magical like. but I, I forget things there, there was a point that dad's hands um they, they swelled up he actually couldn't use a knife and a fork so for a while we did go down mm, and we'd have to, to help, help him with mm. his lunch now there were healthcare assistants there and they were brilliant but I used to always think but what happens if they've something else to do no <laughs> we won't take a chance on that we're just taking over mm. yeah. so you know I'd be legging it down the road I suppose maybe I made it sound too easy there a few minutes ago but I would be legging it you down the road in runners and my dad used to always say to me and I said this in the eulogy I knew you were coming because I could hear the high heels in the car. <laughs> but actually, it I was runners, runners up yeah. until the last second and I'd throw on the heels. So it was a lot of coordination. And yeah. I knew as well, like, you have to be practical. This situation was not going to go on for two years. It was mm. not even going to go on for one year. There was months in it. I didn't care if I was stressed or busy. This was just something we all had to give a push for and mm. had to give it 150% for his sake, but also for our own, that we mm. wouldn't ever feel that we didn't do everything for him, you know. Mm. And if the shoe was on the other foot, yeah. he would have been very good to us above and beyond. Mm. And I had a big thing about being with him when he would pass. I don't know why. I mm. just had this thing. I had to be there. And I don't. I still don't know why. I think that's normal. I think is that's, it? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I didn't get that yeah. opportunity. But when we sort of had discussed when that time would come, I was always in my head, I will be there, the kids will be there, yeah. he will be at home, we will all be there. I think it's because it's the sort of, the letting the person go. Yeah. And maybe, I, and letting them know that they're loved up to the right minute yeah Yeah, and they're not alone yes I think alone is a big thing I used to feel as well when I see it I'll know it happened Mm. like I will know then it happened maybe to see it was to believe it or something and were you there I was but it was it was tight because I was in the hospice and I had gone upstairs um, for a little sleep and we thought he might have a day left and then my mobile rang and it was my sister. Mm. I didn't even know what time this was. And I had no glasses. I was trying to scramble mm. for my glasses to put them on. And I answered it. And she said, you have to come down. And I said, what? She said, I think it's going to happen. And I knew what my mum was thinking because there was a stairs. And my mum mm. said it to me afterwards. I was afraid you were going to fall down the stairs. But I wasn't, you know. Mm. But I was running. Mm. And I ran into the room and there was two nurses there because my sister had felt his breathing had changed. And I said to her, is it happening? And mm. I actually expected her to probably say, no mm. and she went yeah it's like being stuck in an episode of EastEnders so, like it's unreal yeah, it is it's like a film set mm. it is I think. it is yeah. it's like it's, you're watching yeah. it from a fo- like yeah it's, it's and I had my hands over my mouth the whole time and then actually a few days later I googled that because I was like why 
Yeah. But apparently that's disbelief when you're in shock or something. Yeah. Your hands go or the hands to mouth thing I read somewhere as oh, well right. is to do with um, emotion and it brings you back apparently to when you're a baby and you're being fed oh. by your mother or oh. bottle fed. It's the comfort thing. It's why you suck your thumb. It's why oh. people put things. Apparently why people drink as well. Over the mouth, yeah. hand to mouth wow. thing. I did, Apparently. I did say to my mum, yeah. you know, a few minutes later when it all settled down and the nurses said, we'll, we'll leave you now. I said to my mum, I feel a real peace in the room. Mm. But there was, mm. you know. How is your mum? Do you know what? I think she's doing great. I really do. The only thing is I do say to her, like, how are you feeling? And I so oh, you know, you know, life mm. must go on, but it's hard to believe. But maybe she's going to be more honest with someone else than me. Mm. I think is that the mother thing? That maybe if I had kids, I'd be... But that might be her way but, of like loving maybe. you by not, you know, you might feel like you have to take care of her in a way that she maybe doesn't want you to because she's maybe. trying to protect you. But it's we do try to do things. We all realise that fairly early on, sitting in the house, with the exception of when the weather's really bad <laughs> and we didn't want to go out, sitting in the house doesn't really work mm. because you would connect him to the house a lot. So I would feel better putting on my clothes and going for a walk down to the sea. Mm. Like the sitting in doesn't work mm. for us we do you find that. that do you find walking being outside I've always helps. liked that yeah. yeah that's kind of Your my thing. hobby yeah. yeah I love all of that you see I knew as well when he, walls around you yeah and yeah. I knew as well when he'd go and I used to say this to my mum when he was bad we will have so much time in our hands we mm. won't know what to do because we were so busy you know just keeping just everything on, yeah, all yeah and trying to keep working and all mm. of that that I knew when it all happened, we'd be staring at the four walls going, there's mm. nothing actually to do anymore, mm. is there? And there isn't, there's nothing you can do anymore. And a loss of a sense of purpose. Yes, and I'm one of those people, you know, the running down to the hospital and all of that, that kept me going. Mm. You don't need that much sleep, and it was the summer, and you're just keeping it all ticking isn't along. Isn't it so weird you don't need that much sleep? You yeah, can, when you... You can operate But I think I'm making other, up for it now. I'm yeah. tired now. Yeah. I'm still tired. I think there is a tiredness in the grief. Like yes. a loss of energy and, a, you know. Lethargy. Yeah. yeah, I was warned about that, which mm. peop- which I was glad. People said to me, you'll be really tired after the funeral and that'll pass. Mm. But then another wave will hit you. And it does. Mm. Do you find that helpful when people tell you stuff? I mean, we were having a conversation earlier before this and... I find the second year so much harder than the first year and anybody I've said it to that's lost somebody has said oh well I didn't want to tell you that and I sort of wish they had because I really think I'd have been more prepared for it do you find it's helpful when people give you advice I like I like being told what to expect I do because this is uncharted waters. Like, yeah. And we're only seven months in. It was seven months yesterday. So it's still early days. But I like being warned. Like, mm. I didn't find Christmas Day too bad. We went to my sister's house and her husband and, you know, the lovely lunch. And they had a mm. candle where dad would usually sit. But other people said to me, in fact, a lovely woman who I don't know terribly well mm. at all. She just said to me, by the way, our first Christmas wasn't too bad. She said the second would be worse mm. I like being told that mm. because then next year I won't feel oh it hit me like a bus yeah. and even if it's not your experience so let's say it doesn't end up being Please your experience be that's okay because yeah. it didn't harm you to, to have yeah. heard someone else's experience like it's all information and that's kind of what the podcast this, it's just about that being able to be open about the experience so that somebody else says like somebody this was really hard but in, in an upcoming episode someone talked to us about how when some the way someone looks when they die how their physical appearance might mm. change I shared the part where I, my dad hands I thought he was wearing white gloves I thought that the hospice uh. had put white gloves on his hands because his hands had turned so white and I thought it was some sort of tradition in death yeah. that I didn't know about and if you share that with someone else and they say oh my god the same thing happened to me it's like a piece of vital information I actually thought when my dad was laid out in that now he did he looked himself he looked better than mm. he had for a Aww. while you know and a lot of people said that mm. and we had in the funeral home I had seen it at someone else's funeral I thought it was very nice we had photographs which we talked about mm. at the start of mom and dad on their wedding day mm. and, and they're a lovely talking point mm. because sometimes people might come into a removal and they might be on their own or they don't really know that yeah. it's a nice yeah. but it also is a reminder of especially I mean 
particularly with cancer, a lot of people can change physically. Yeah. They become a lot smaller yeah, in a lot of ways. They become slimmer, yeah. sort of older, to, like to look at than their years and particularly if they've lost their hair, you know, yeah. all these different things. So, I mean, again, like we did, we'd photographs at the actual funeral service uh, where we did a, a, a piece that was all different photos. Um, and I actually found, because a lot of people said to me, they remind you who the person really is. Yes, in their it's heyday not, as well. But just, it's not the person that the, the, that's, could be lying there because they've changed so much through mm. illness. It's actually the person, the way they were a couple of months previously. Yeah, things You know, and I think that's important because it's important to remember the real person mm. and not the person in the box. <laughs> Do you know yes, what I mean? So and it's all about, I even said that to my sister a week before he died when things were moving quite fast. In fact, it wasn't even a full week. I kind of looked at her and said, what on, what on earth are we going to do? Yeah. Like, where are we going to be this time next week? Mm. And she said, we'd be celebrating his life. Mm. I know it sounds cliche, but it is the way to think of all the lovely things. We had all our neighbours bringing up gifts and symbols of his life and they're very simple things like mm. his radio. You know, he loved his radio. Yeah, yeah. But I think things like that make it very human and very oh, real. Oh, God. And I think sometimes people are probably quite scared to bring something like that or to do something like that. They're, like you said mm. early on in the conversation about they might not want to show you the photograph in case you'd be upset. Yeah, but I, but I think that. my mom's best friend, she did something. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. My mother died in America, but she was from Tipperary. So we had her memorial service in Tipperary about a month after she died. And her best friend... I was like really like really looking forward to seeing her kind of I, I knew yes. that there'd be this I knew like how much she loved her and I and she shoved some dollars into my pocket because she owed it Aww. to my mom Aww. and like it was like a thing that like she when they were on holidays together she'd like borrowed whatever yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it was I think she, I don't think she overthought it I'm glad she didn't because I'm really glad she did it because it just was the most comforting thing and it felt so real and it felt so so just I don't know like and bringing things an old friend brought a book that they'd borrowed and those kinds of things I think they can be such moving things to yeah do. we had a photograph of dad with his class when they were doing their leaving cert mm. um, this man that lives very near us a friend of dad's I knew he had it so I said would you mind just bringing bring it on the day and like, mm, should we give yeah. it back to you straight away yeah. did. but I liked things like that and I had seen at another funeral um, down the country my dad I told you he was from Cork, mad about Cork. He grew up on a farm and he loved talking to his brothers about the farm. So when he passed away, I had it in my head that I wanted to do this. So I said it to dad's youngest brother. I said, I want you to bring up a piece of the earth Mm. from the farm. Mm. So he brought it up in a jar. Then we had it as a gift at the church. But when we went to the grave, we put it in. So he always has the bit... Oh, him. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I was so glad I remembered, though. Yeah. I had in my head a few weeks before he went all these things that had to be done mm. because I knew trying to arrange it when it would happen, we'd be in a tiz. Mm. Like we kind of had bits lined up. We kind of had to. There was a certain priest he wanted and I rang him and I said mm. to him, listen, he wants you now. And he said, oh, I'll be there whenever mm. it happens. Mm. Like we had things lined up. Mm. We just kind of had to. Well, we did an episode very recently with two funeral directors <laughs> to talk about how people should plan. plan we should it. actually send a little email to somebody going, by These the way, things. not planning this soon, but if and when These are some I want to exit. Yeah. And it's true. You do need to sort of say to people yeah. what you want or because it is this. It's so full on and people are calling and people are arriving back from abroad and whatever. You have to really, really know what that person would want. Yes. You know, so sometimes yeah, I, I they think, should say it. And that's what I really do think he would have said, God, that was a lovely feeling. Oh, he would. Yeah. And it was so crowded. It was yeah. more than Christmas Day in our local yeah. church. I couldn't believe the amount that was there. And he actually said that to us once. I should there be no one there. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know. I think but it is. all I, those I think, people yeah, is very. It's hugely comforting and it's hugely. It's very important. It's yeah. so important. It really is. It, it does. Is. It's it worth its I know people gold. go, sure it's after the event people need you. And yes, it is. And that is true. Six months later, pick up the phone, call over. That is when people mm. need you. Going to a funeral is actually as hugely 
mm-hmm. important because even if you don't remember everybody who's there and I'll hold my hand up to that yeah, as I've said <laughs> seeing those crowds and seeing that amount of people makes you realise how much the, the person you loved yes. was loved yes and that's tremendously when we had rewarding. the removal it was on a Wednesday evening mm. the weather was awful you know it really was desperate and um there was people actually waiting outside before it had even opened mm. um, and, and they couldn't really let them in before we got there. But um, this lady arrived in and she was soaking and my mum even said it to her, like, I hope you didn't walk down in the rain. And she said, oh, well, you know, I didn't have the car, but I wanted mm. to. My mum said, oh, you didn't have to do that now. I don't want you to catch it. She said, no, no, I want to be here. Mm. I thought that was so kind mm. of her. And I said it to her. I met her a few weeks later. I was like, you were so good because it was just an awful evening. It People definitely, I feel like we've talked so much about this, but it brings out the absolute best and the absolute worst in terms of the people you know. Mm, I mean, that's yeah. that does happen. Where like, yeah. And the great thing is, is the, the good always seems to overpower the yes. bad. It's certainly when you are in those darker places or you're in a situation with a friend that didn't understand or yes. family member that just didn't mm. connect with. You think back to those moments to help you get through it. I think those are the things that are the bright lights within it. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, we put a post up yesterday that has received more traction mm. than anything we've done about friendships breaking down and how many people responded saying that happened to me, that happened to me, that happened to me. Um, so the people that do walk in the rain and that show you empathy yeah. are vital. But I, I do think, and you brought up a good point there, you know, some people are really disappoint you as well, you know. <laughs> and I have two friends mm who lost fathers over the years. And this is before my dad was Mm. ever sick. And they would have told me they were a bit disappointed with certain people and that. So I knew when dad passed, you know, this could possibly happen. happen. But I see it with some people. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah, mm. I mean, like we've talked about this a lot. It seems very much a very important part of the process for a lot of people. But it's not one. I know you had been kind of given a heads up that it might happen. A lot of people don't feel like they they just expect that the people they love will be there for them. Yeah. And it's actually it is the people that you expect to be there 24-7 that you practically have to kick out of your house. It suddenly isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think well, certainly my way of dealing with it is to go in my head is to go, well, they're grieving in their way they'll come back or whatever but that might necessarily happen yeah and I feel with some people as well okay well Mm. now I've seen really what you're made of so slow like better to know like (laughs) and I know you can make excuses for people or you might say oh yeah they're not able and they don't understand and that might be the case for some people but let's face it some people are fair weather friends mm. and you can ring somebody and say, listen, I have two tickets to pink tonight at 8 yeah, o'clock. And are you right? your hand off. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You ring them and go, listen, that's I'm in a well. bad way. I, yeah. Could I have a li- No, oh, geez, sorry, I can't help. Like, you have to realise that. Mm. There's nothing wrong with realising that. It's life. And but, it strengthens mm. other friendships. So the one, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. And I think if... And if, you'd be amazed yeah. at the friends Yeah, and they're wonderful through. friends. Yeah. But if somebody's like that, I just say, yeah. no, sure, I'm happy to let them go. Now I know what you're made yeah. of. That's fine. Yeah. But it does happen. Mm. So... Nula, thank you so much for telling us about your dad and for sharing your experience. We really believe this is what helps people get through this. So thank you. Thank you both. Thank yeah. you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.